Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Or just go to their website at TicketKing.com. Again, that's TheTicketKing.com. And now, for fans of the 13-time NFL champion Green Bay Packers, this is Cheesehead TV Live. Cheetahs don't stretch and neither do we. I think you're an idiot, and I mean that with the most respect possible that I can give to an idiot. The Packers Hall of Fame quarterback, Jacob. Jacob. It's not as fun to say as equanimous. That is he a can... perfect example of a wrong opinion. Ring the bell. Welcome back, Packers fans. It's another edition of Cheesehead TV Live. It's a regular season edition of Cheesehead TV Live. We have some actual football coming up this week. Could not be more excited about that. I know I sounded in my voice. I really am. No, I really am. Jason Perrone here of Cheesehead TV, along with Jeremy Vanderlinden, as always. Jeremy, since you were cool and kind enough to set up our guest for this evening, I'll let you go ahead and introduce him. All right, we have a guest tonight. We have Cody Grant of WSSP. Cody and I actually, uh, we went to broadcast school together, which is funny because he ends up at WSSP, which is the station like that I've listened to since, uh, well, since I started listening to sports radio for years and years and years. So, Cody, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Uh, just want to throw this out there. Cody's a Bears fan. Hey, Cody, thanks for coming on. We hate you. How you doing? Well, you just made all the listeners that are new to me hate me now too good so thanks for getting me set up on the wrong foot jeremy but i appreciate you guys having me on that's what i'm here for yeah we couldn't get anyone else so. <laughs> no, just, welcome cody it's good to have you thanks for coming on high praise high praise <laughs> now we're glad to have you and and honestly it's really it is really cool to uh from like i listen to 1250 uh almost every day and when I turn on the, the radio and Cody Grant pops on, I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. I feel so I feel so famous. I feel I feel like I know good people, you know, high up people. I can <laughs> feel like I almost have some pull or something. I don't, I don't know. Absolutely, man. Well, I remember you going to school with you. We weren't in the same class, but we went to the school at the same time. I think we might have messed around with some stuff. Like they like might have June or July. Yeah, they might have mixed our classes at some point. I think we did a project or, t- or two together or something like that. Did, the question is, did you guys mess around to get a triple-double? That's what I want to know. Did we mess around to get a triple-double? Is, um, is that an innuendo? It's, it's from Ice Cube. It was oh, a good day. Dude, I don't Come know. Come on. Where's your gangster rap IQ? It's not very high. That's, oh, yeah. I don't have one. Yeah, mine's pretty low, too. I, I didn't know if you were talking about Russell Westbrook or LeBron James there. That's all I heard. I thought maybe like it was a reference to something Christian Yelich did. Like I don't know what's going on. All right. Okay. All right. Jason, so, anyway. Jason lost us both. No, it's okay. No, no. I, I, that's all right. We'll come. Let's find each other. All right. So anyway, we got some real football to talk about, and uh, we've got both sides represented here on the show. So let's jump right in. So before we jump into the meat of the show, which is going to be all about Khalil Mack. We're going to talk about Khalil Mack for 89 minutes, and the other minute is going to be spent talking about No, those. no, no, no. We do, we do need to turn – so here's the thing. We're going to talk about Khalil Mack, but we really need to turn the page. Like, it's time. It is time, for at least for me. I'm ready to move on from this stuff and, and, and get to where I'm thinking about the football season and the upcoming game. So we won't spend forever on Khalil Mack, but we do need to talk about it. Okay. Uh, so why don't we do this? Let's start with the, the at this point it's midweek. They started practicing and prepping for Sunday night's game against the Bears. So let's start with the roster. 
It's been analyzed and talked about. It's, right. it's set. It's final. So the big question, I guess, is just what would be our biggest surprise on the roster each? Jeremy, we'll start with yours. So what was your biggest surprise? Either somebody who stayed or somebody who got cut. Uh, you know what? I, I think Crawford has to be the biggest surprise because it came out of nowhere. And the, and the fact that Greer Martini was playing all these special teams, he was on, you know, starting on special teams, to not being on the team at all just kind of like blew my mind. And for Crawford to come in and get that spot in the fourth preseason game, like nobody is earning a spot in the fourth preseason game. That's not a common thing to happen where like a guy has done nothing all camp and then comes in game four, does something, and makes the team. So I think Crawford is, is probably the biggest surprise. That and Rutkowski being cut, even though – I talked about that before, and I thought it might happen. Okay, for everyone at home, just so you know, Eric Rutkowski was hands down Jeremy's answer to that question. He, we went over this several times before the show started, and then he wanted to throw Crawford out there to try to solve it. Sorry, it popped, it popped into my head. A little smarter. You have to remember, Jeremy uh, previously was on a different, another podcast where Aaron Rutkowski was shrined, and I think uh, he was as sacred as a cow in India. He's still sacred as Very a cow sacred as a cow in India. And he's sacred enough that uh, the hoodie might be interested in him. There's possible interest from New England in bringing him in. So uh, the Ripper's career might be revived yet again. Mine is Vince Beagle. Even though he he never really looked like what the Packers hoped that he would, and obviously he got a new G on here, so he was looking at it from a different standpoint. Maybe Ted Thompson was a little bit more patient with Beagle, or maybe that was a Ted pick, even though Gutekunst was in the room. He talked about how he was in the room when Ted made these picks. So you can't just say, like, this is such a different regime that, of course, they're going to axe all of Ted's old players. It's not really how that works. Right. I just, Beagle had trouble holding his own, and and uh, he had a great mind. He was a smart player, and you want those kind of guys on your team. He seemed like a really good teammate, a good locker room. Yeah, but he couldn't play. Production. Like, yeah. he had a great mind, right. but he didn't have the physical tools to right. play. So the production's obviously the issue there. So Vince Beagle, off he goes, and he's now on the Saints practice squad. What is it with the Saints picking up all of our guys? They picked up John Coon, they got Taysom Hill, and the, still ready to burn down. They're the new Vikings, I guess? Green Bay because of... Cody, how about you? Do you have any uh, you have any surprises from the uh, from cutdown day? Yeah, I got one on the offensive side of the ball. But before I move to that, one quick thing about Vince Beagle that surprised me as well, Jason, was that they lacked depth on outside linebacker. So that was just in my mind, like, okay, Beagle isn't really showing much, but maybe they just hold on to him because they don't really have anybody after Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, and those two guys we know are injury prone. So you could go look at Kyler Fackrell and Reggie Gilbert. That's all you got. So I figured they were the fourth round pick. Vince Beagle was. Now that pick just, you know, looks bad on Ted Thompson. But on the offensive end, I was surprised that eight receivers, knowing Jake Kumaro would go to the IR, so he, he won't be able to return until week eight. But still, you have eight receivers. When you look at the targets Aaron Rodgers has, uh, you talk about Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, Randall Cobb. Then you go to the tight ends, Jimmy Graham, Marcinius Lewis, and then guys that can catch the ball in the backfield like Ty Montgomery. Aaron Jones, when he comes back, and even Jamal Williams, I don't know if they're going to get down to the bottom of those receivers. Trevor Davis, it makes sense to have him on the team because he's just a good gunner. He led the team in tackles last year on punt returns, so he's very important to the team in addition to returning kicks, but I was surprised they kept eight receivers. Yeah, but, I, you know, to be honest, I don't, like, I don't think Trevor Davis is, I didn't want Trevor Davis to make the team. I didn't want him on yeah, the team. A lot, of, a lot of people didn't. I mean, a lot of people were calling for him to get to get him off. Yeah, I think. Honestly, I I felt like Davis last year what he, what he did as a punt and kick returner was not enough. It did not make any sense to me that they would that they would keep him around because I felt like you know with Ty Montgomery not having to start as a running back, 
they can use Ty Montgomery to return kicks and punts. So even though he had the fumble, even though he struggled a little in preseason, so did Trevor Davis last year. He struggled plenty. Like, we watched him suck last year. So, you know, we, there are people that are glad that he's – uh, that he's on the team because they feel like he's the best answer for a kick returner. But honestly, personally, like, I don't, I don't see why. Like, I, I don't see that. Uh, but you might be right. Him being a gunner is is really important, especially with the loss of Jeff Janis. Uh, you know, football Jesus. Is, he is out there, by the way. So right. Pick him I up. praise for Janis. Which means, beast. which doesn't mean anything because it's <laughs> it's Jeff Janis and uh, that whole hype train just. Uh, <laughs> it existed for no reason. Like there was nothing behind that, but it, but it, it, but it was there. So, Packers fans are a special breed, and I say that in the most loving way possible. I feel like that soundbite right there might show up in a future intro. Uh, yeah, it probably. If you're is. marking it, it was at the ten minute thirteen second mark. Actually, I don't know. I have no idea. And apparently, the audio is a little off today, so I apologize. Uh, which could be good for some of you if it's my mic that's muted. So, okay, so moving for the roster. And, and moving along there, because you know we, we know what the receiver position is going to be. And again, I don't know how often we'll see the rookies. I don't think it's going to be very often. You're not going to get that far down, especially when you have two tight ends, Jimmy Graham being one. And Mercedes Lewis, even though he's a blocking tight end, is still going to catch the passes because he's got that ability to get open and he knows what he's doing in the red zone. Right. And I think the Packers are going to be down there a lot this year. So let's move along to what Jeremy has aptly titled a therapy session. And this is directed towards those Packers fans who still – Five days later, four days later, are still absolutely banging their head against the wall, which by right. now, I'm surprised it hasn't, um, the drywall hasn't caved, that Khalil Mack is not a Packer, he's a Chicago Bear, and Jeremy, I think you were going to try and start talking everybody through this whole Well, situation. let's let's talk to it. So first of all, not only is it a, a therapy session, but um, it's a it's a Bears still suck therapy session. The Bears still suck. The, ba- the Bears are, are, okay, listen, the Chicago Bears getting Khalil Mack, I think it hurts the Packers more in the way that it would have been help, more helpful for them to have Mack than not have him. I don't think that it's the thing that puts the Bears over and they win the division. So I'm not like thinking, oh no, the Chicago Bears have Khalil Mack. But let's just kind of like recap what happened in the offseason that maybe has Packers fans feeling a little sour towards the Bears. You so I said Vic Fangio, you know they they so with the Vic Fangio hire in Chicago, Cody, you might remember. I I, I think I'm remembering correctly with Vic Fangio, he chose to stay, right? That he wasn't under contract, or like they convinced him to stay, right? They kept him. Well, it's not that they kept Vic Fangio. He chose to stay, right? He chose to stay. What I'm saying is, it's not as simple as they kept him. Like he decided to stay there, so they convinced him to stick around. And so what I'm saying is. Had he decided not to stick around there, the Packers get a fair shot to give Vic, Vic Fangio. But the Bears never let, us, let him step out the door. It's the same thing as Kyle Fuller. So Kyle Fuller is on this list of, of guys that the Bears have. So the thing is the Bears won the offseason against the Packers, specifically against the Packers. And there's a list of things that happen. Vic Fangio, they convince him to stick around. Kyle Fuller, the Packers make him an offer. The Bears match the offer and keep him in Chicago. Did Wait, hold on. Did the Packers talked to Fangio? I can't remember. No, so Fangio never got out the door. Yeah, that's not even a... It bothers me. Regardless, it bothers me. So, okay. So, listen, that's not... The Vic Fangio thing isn't as big of a deal because the Packers got Mike Pettin. And I'm totally happy with the Pettin hire. I think it's just as good as Vic Fangio. I would have been just as happy with either one. Um, So, Cody, question for you then, obviously, now that you've got a stud defensive player, I mean, keeping Vic Fangio 
Was there concern that he was going to leave? You know, I, I was concerned because, especially when they hired Matt Nagy, because I thought after they fired John Fox that Vic Banjo, at least in his eyes or his mind, maybe he thought he deserved that job. But it looks like he likes where he is as defensive coordinator. But that was my main concern was once John Fox was gone, was Vic Banjo going to step in as the head coach? And then when he found out he didn't and right. it was going to be Matt Nagy, I figured, well, you know, a lot of defense coordinators that have success, and Banjo didn't just have success with Chicago. He had success before in San Francisco. Oh, big time. A lot of those guys do want to make the jump to a head coach. I mean, the Bears had it with Adam Gates. He had Jay Cutler have his best year a few years ago. Now he's coaching in Miami. You see it all the time. So that's what scared me because Banjo, when he's at his best, can't really find a better defensive corner. No, you're and right. He's had a lot of success at a, a different defense, but I mean, he gave Aaron Rodgers fits in San Francisco. Right. The Packers yeah, couldn't and, the and, and here's the thing, too, and, and Jeremy, I agree with you. Khalil Mack's not going to put the Bears over the top to the right. point where they're going to win the division. But what Fangio and the Bears are doing, they're building a defense similar to that 49ers defense back in 2011, 2014. You look at the linebackers on this Bears team in the 3 4 set on the outside, you got Leonard Floyd, and you got Khalil Mack now. That was your San Francisco 49ers version of Alden Smith and Ahmad Brooks. Right. And in the middle, you have Danny Trevathan and now Roquan Smith. That's your version of Patrick Wills and Navarro Bowman. Right. Now, the jury's still out. Those guys can be that good. I mean, yeah. Willis is a Hall of Famer. Bowman was all pro. And so Danny Trevathan is nowhere near that level. He's a good linebacker. But Roquan Smith, eighth overall pick. Now the Bears, on that linebacking core, they have a fifth overall pick in Cleo Mack. They have a seventh overall pick in Leonard Floyd. And now an eighth overall pick in Roquan Smith. Fangio loves his linebackers. So, yes, Fangio loves his linebackers, and he's always had a good group of them. And I think I think that, that those linebackers really benefited from Fangio. So the group that the Bears have, there's a good shot that they will will benefit from Fangio. They're, they're going to benefit from Fangio. It's not, it's not just a matter of, you know, like how do they develop. They're going to benefit from having a really good defensive mind who, who loves and, and does well using his linebackers. So looking at this list, it's not just those guys. Allen Robinson's another one. The Packers were going after him in, in free agency, if you guys remember, and he ends up with the Bears. And now it's the Khalil Mack trade. Okay, so I went to bed that night convinced that Khalil Mack was going to be a Packer the next day. I thought, this is happening. And I'm not the only one. Randall Cobb thought that too, and I think Devontae Adams said so as well. So I'm thinking Khalil Mack's going to be a Packer, and the next day I wake up and it's, it's a nightmare. It's, he's a Chicago Bear. And this is the thing. It's a nightmare because now, instead of Aaron Rodgers having Khalil Mack for the remainder of Aaron Rodgers' career and having Khalil Mack in his prime, he has to face Khalil Mack twice in Khalil Mack's prime for the rest of his career. It's like, it could, it could not have gone worse, unless he was a Viking. Like, that's the only way that it could have gone worse. Uh, so this sucks. But it, it's time to move on. And uh, I'm going to give people... I had a few reasons listed here. Jason thought some of them were pretty weak. I disagree, so I am going to go through a couple of them anyways. So when a team goes out in free agency and they spend big money, they expect results. Like last year, the Browns added uh, Kevin Zeitler and J.C. Treader to, to their offensive line that already had Joe Thomas, and they expected results. And that offense still struggled to put up points, and they went winless. Like spending that big money did not equal wins. Uh, and Dominican Sue with the Dolphins. Sounds a mega deal. You know, they put they 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 were banking on Ryan Tannehill working out in Miami, and they signed Dominican Sue to I think at the time 
and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I think at the time the Ndamukong Sue deal was the biggest deal given to a defensive player. I believe you're right. I believe so. It was like $121 million or some ridiculous number. And they, they were buying it at Tannehill, so they went and got, went and got a defensive stud. Well, they were playing, paying the rookie the smallest amount of money you can pay a rookie. So they Or pay your quarterback. So they, they go out and get a guy. This Bears move feels the same. Now, that doesn't mean that Trubisky is, is going to be Ryan Tannehill. Mitch Trubisky could be pretty damn good. But there's also a chance that Mitch Trubisky is no better than Ryan Tannehill ever turned out. But Ryan Pace, with a quarterback like that, that's where you're not sure exactly what he is, and Cody, I'm sure you have your opinions on what you think Trubisky's ceiling is and how he's, which, where he's headed. I think he, Pace had to do this deal because he, he moved up to get the quarterback. Now he's got the defensive guy in there. He's, you know, eventually he's going to be on the hot seat, if only because the Bears can't seem to get over the proverbial hump, which this year maybe they will. Now this is a bad move that could make that happen. GMs have such a short leash sometimes. and I, You know, Cody, I'll turn it over to you real quickly. How short is the leash at Hallis Hall these days? Because I, I, I know that the ownership's a little bit different. The McCaskies are a little bit different sometimes. They do some weird things. So do you, do you think, I mean, obviously you have to agree with it because you're a Bears fan. I know that you're excited about the move, but the, the biggest thing here is I'm like, man, Pace is really, really going out, getting out there and, and putting himself out there and, and getting after it. Oh, he's aggressive. I mean, talk about the trade he made to get Trubisky on draft day, uh, you know, two years ago with the second pick overall, you know, right there, that automatically puts his entire future as a GM in Trubisky's hands. Right. And, you mentioned one of my opinions on Trubisky. It, it's hard to say. You have barely seen this guy play because you can't really look at last year. He had the same quarterback rating as Mike Glennon last mm. year, very close, within a couple points. Right. But you're running under John Fox's offense where they played so conservative. I mean, Trubisky didn't have one game where he threw more than one touchdown. And this preseason, he's only played three drives. Uh, he's barely showcased anything, right. which is concerning, too, when you talk about a young quarterback with a brand-new head coach, mm-hmm. if all new skill players at their receiver position and tight end position, and in Nagy's offense, it's all about timing. He, right. he revitalized Alex Smith's career. He made him an MVP candidate. But Smith, even though he had a slow start to his career, I mean, he's a, he's a veteran. Trubisky's not. And that's something that you need game reps for. You know, 30 reps is even better than 15 reps in preseason because – they think in practice he's done enough to show what he can do on the field in the regular season, but if you don't get those reps in preseason, that is really worrisome. Right. So how, okay, are you, obviously you're excited about the Khalil Mack trade, but are you feeling Absolutely. at all, are you feeling at all like, are you feeling at all nervous that this could turn into the, the train wreck that Miami has turned into? Like, or are you feeling That's confident that? Absolutely not. Because I look at the, the Bears' defense last year was a top-10 defense. Right. You know, they, they have talented players all over the field. The only thing they didn't have was a superstar. Cleo Mack's a proven superstar. 2016 Defensive Player of the Year. He's had 10-plus sacks now three straight years, 16 2016. Right. Uh, he's a proverbial all-pro, uh, three-time all-pro. Uh, he's a guy that combines speed, strength, and intelligence in a way that you don't see around the league very often. J.J. Watt is one guy that has all that stuff. He's, he's hurt. Leo Mack's not hurt. This guy's a unicorn. Uh, this guy is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and I think he deserves every penny he got. And when you look at the trade, I don't think they gave up that much. They give the first-round pick next season, 
And in 2022, they gave up a first-round pick, but they got a second-round pick back. Yeah, that was so, that, that was the you're part. Trading well, two first-round picks for Cleo Mack and a second-round pick, and I guarantee you, with those draft picks that the Bears would have those next two years, you're not going to find a player nearly as good as Cleo Mack. No, not at all. And that's used the sure thing. The second-round pick was the linchpin of this deal, and that's when Packers fans started coming out of the woodwork and saying Brian Gutekunst fifth this and messed it up because they feel like if. Mac could have been had if, if the Packers made a, a better offer. I just there's so many things that we don't know about what was actually offered, said, needed, you know, the way the Bears value or the, the Raiders value the Bears picks versus the Packers, but all the stuff that's already been reported. You know, we're obviously doing this several days later, so everything's been already already been said. I gotta gotta give the Bears credit though for making the move. It obviously does make a huge difference. I mean it doesn't it definitely makes me more nervous as a as a Packers fan. I don't quite know if I'm ready to say that it puts the Bears into the conversation as division favorites, but I, you know they they could definitely now become a surprise team. All right, let, let's let's finish up this this um, therapy session that's been kind of a train wreck of therapy. But because here's the point: the Chicago Bears in the past have had Julius Peppers uh, and Brian Urlacher and Peanut Tillman and had all these guys on their defense at the same time, but they didn't have it together on the offense. They didn't have it together at the quarterback position. Jay Cutler was inconsistent in Chicago at best. So I think for Packer fans, there's nothing to worry about this year. I'll say this year um, with the Chicago Bears. Yes, their defense is going to be really good. And yeah, they can give you some fits, but the Packers should still beat the Bears this year. They, they should beat them in Green Bay. And I would not be surprised if they beat them in Chicago too. The Bears aren't ready to compete consistently. I don't believe that. And I agree fully with that. I, this division is between the Packers and Vikings at this point, but... The Bears are coming with the Cleo Mack trade, and it all goes on the hands of Mitchell Trubisky, how good he can be. Right. Right. That's everything. If Trubisky doesn't turn out, if if Trubisky doesn't work out, they do have a Miami situation on their hands because they are going to be in a position where now, you know, we don't know if Tannehill is going to return from that injury and play. You know, we don't know who Ryan Tannehill is still. We don't know. We only know he's not played well. Like, maybe he could surprise us. But – there's there's a chance Trubisky doesn't doesn't turn out doesn't it doesn't pan out with Trubisky and then you're hunting for a new quarterback and guess what you have no money you paid Khalil Mack all that money's gone so who are you paying where, where are you, what are you gonna do you're gonna draft and hope you can find a guy again if Trubisky doesn't work out they're in a mess that it's a mess it all hinges on that one guy and that's the and, thing you know, teams taking that risk before that's how the Seahawks won their Super Bowl. You got Russell right. Wilson on that rookie contract. That's what's going to happen with Mitchell Trubisky. And you've seen teams do this. I mean, Jared Goff is on that rookie contract. Carson Wentz is on the rookie contract. Obviously, Nick Foles was the quarterback of the Super Bowl for the Eagles last season. Right. But that's how you can afford all those players. No, you're right. You're right. Event. You're right. And, and, and it's a ri- it is a risk. I mean, you're absolutely right. right about that. And that's why you're seeing these quarterbacks get going right away, like Trubisky, who started because Mike Glennon was so awful. But at the same time, like I said, you know, even if you watch every single Bears game from last year, this preseason, you don't know what you have at Trubisky. I hope they know what they have. But well, as a as a fan, as a fan, as a fan, you just have to trust your front office, right? Like obviously, the Bears believe they got what they want with Mitch Trubisky, right? They don't make this move unless they believe that, right? Yeah, they 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 praise him every single day. How great he's doing. How great he looks. How much of a leader he is. How quickly he's getting the timing down. How uh, well he's developing relationships with his offensive line, his receivers, his running backs. But until you see on the field, you can't fully buy into it. Right. So I'll say this. Just for this year, the Packers fans 
don't really need to worry about the Chicago Bears. I mean, they're, they're, they're on the come up. They, they can become a very competitive team in the next few years. But I think they're not the team to worry about in the NFC North this year. I mean, yeah, you, you need to no. worry about every team you play. It's the are. Minnesota Vikings. The Chicago Bears, they're going to win some games, right? But, like, don't expect the, the Chicago Bears to jump up and win the division. Not, not, that's not going to happen. I mean, unless, unless uh, Mitch Trubisky comes out and he just lights the world on fire and none of us saw it coming. Which, maybe. And that's what Jared Goff did last year. Right. And we didn't see that coming. But that's, a, I think, it's a very rare situation. Right. And plus, Jared Goff also had Todd Gurley. And Jordan Howard, as good of a running back as he is, he's no Todd Gurley. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I mentioned this on another show that I do, too, is that Jordan Howard, I mean, you've got not only Trubisky, but Jordan Howard is at 680K this year. He's scheduled to make 780K next year, which can you, and he's going to hold out. Yeah. He's going to hold out if the Bears don't get him extended before, before next season starts. So. It's like any other team. I don't want to make it sound like gloom and doom, the Bears are screwed and they no. totally mismanaged the cap. But just like any other team, there's going to become a point where, I mean, Seattle, you know, Cody, you mentioned Seattle. They eventually had to start paying guys. Their offensive line suffered because of it. It's really hard to keep all the pots on the stove attended to in today's NFL because of the cap and all the changes. But I think the one thing that we have to appreciate as football fans is that this division is going to be fun to watch this year now. And in fact, one of our commenters, Robert Greenfield, says – if we lose both games to the Vikings and one to the Lions, the division is gone and we're looking at the wild card, which, you know, okay, you know, I, I don't know how much I buy into Minnesota this year. I, 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 I almost, I'd almost say I might be more optimistic about Chicago and their upside than what I think Minnesota's going to do compared to last year. I don't see them equaling what they did. Right, not that the Bears are, are you're not saying no. that you think that the Bears are compared better than the Vikings, the, yeah. but th- yeah. them repeating – what they did last the year Bears seems... The will ascend, the Vikings will descend. Mm-hmm. And the Packers obviously are going to ascend naturally because they, they hopefully are going to have Aaron Rodgers for more than, than uh, a quarter of the season. So it's it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, that's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing that I think is coming out of this whole thing. And again, like I've said a thousand times, we don't know what the Packers offered. And Brian Gutekunz obviously had his walking away point, and the Bears are... Bears are making moves and doing what it is that they've got to do. So we've got a game on Sunday, opening day, Green Bay's 100th season. And I don't recall, I'm not, I literally don't recall. I know the Packers are ahead in the series now. I think they're up one or two. I think it's 95, 93, and two or four. A couple ties something like that. You know? I think it's up by two. I heard Aaron Rodgers speak. I think it's two games. I think 95, 93 are the couple ties. So, I mean, just think of the storyline here. 100th season for the Packers, it's, you know, probably that or even maybe a few more for the Bears. I think the Bears are around the same. Opening night, Lambeau Field, Khalil Max on the other side of the ball. I mean, from a storyline perspective, uh, Cody, and from the Bears' side of things, compare the excitement for this game to, like, say, the last maybe four years of opening days where you knew that you know, what you had is term, in terms of your roster. I mean, how does this year compare to that? Well, I think this year Bears fans are highly optimistic, not to the point where they're saying they're going to win 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. I'm talking about to the point where they're saying they're going to win seven or eight games, but you're going to continue to see the, the building of this roster. You're going to see the progression of Mitchell Trubisky. You're going to see how uh, Tariq Cohen looks in year two. You're going to see Trey Burton add another dynamic, weapon to the offense. You can see how Matt Nagy 
tries to bring this new era kind of offense, what you've seen with Philadelphia and you've seen with Kansas City the last couple of years. And then you throw the Cleo Mack thing on top of that. And right. now optimism is huge in Chicago. And me looking at this team, I predict them to go seven and nine, adding Cleo Mack. Now I'm looking at maybe eight and eight, nine and seven. I don't see a playoff berth, but still just they're going to be competitive. They're going to keep games close. Right. Uh, they're going to be aggressive defensively. They're going to have an aerial attack offensively. It's just all about can Trubisky ex- execute all that. Right. I think it's got to feel like um, it's got to feel similar to like the Bucks a few years ago. It wasn't quite like time to be betting on playoffs happening, but with Giannis being in town, it was like you just knew good was coming, right? Yeah. And so as a Bears fan, you got to feel like something if good. If I were to compare it to a previous Bears season, I, I would really say. Uh, the season the Bears traded for Cutler. And yeah. then that was all thrown on the window on Monday night when he threw four interceptions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we love Jay Cutler. He's, Jay Cutler's my favorite. Uh, well, wait, was that, hey, the, he, was that he, the... He threw almost as many touchdowns as Rodgers did. Yeah, but was that... Wait, was that the, the first time that he came up against the Packers? That was his first game. That was yeah, the first game he threw four interceptions. And, and the Bears still should have won that damn thing. The, the Packers had to throw like a, a <laughs> rabbit out of the hat touchdown to Jennings at the end to to, to win it. Uh, that was that was crazy. I was I was watching that game in, in a previous place that I lived, and I had an upstairs neighbor who was also a Packers fan, and her cable was ahead of mine. And so all of a sudden I hear screaming, and I'm like, it's like the snap hasn't even happened yet. And I'm like, something either really good or incredibly bad just happened right now. Yeah. And I saw Rodgers drop back the throw, and I'm like, oh, God. I just I had a far flashback because this was before we knew Rodgers was going to light the world on fire in 09. Like, we kind of knew he was going to be good. And then the, the pass gets completed to Jennings. But so, it, you know, it, the rivalry is back. I, I guess I, I shouldn't say it's back because it's it's been – Lopsided for a long time, but I think some juice has been injected into the rivalry, which, yeah. is, which is good you for. Know, there's good a for lot him. of comparisons you can make to this rivalry between the other teams, Wisconsin and Chicago. I mean, the the, the Packers are the Cubs, and, and the Brewers are the, are the Bears. They're the Bears, yeah. You know, it, it, both both those teams are improving, right? But it, it's it's the Packers that have that championship pedigree. They haven't won in a few years, but right. you got the best quarterback in the league, arguably Aaron Rodgers. The only guy you can possibly put up next to him is Tom Brady or Drew Brees. And you also have that with the Bears, you know, they're coming. They're not as talented. And it's the same thing as the Brewers. They haven't, they haven't proven themselves yet, but they're trying to get on that level of the Cubs and the Packers. Yeah, it's good. It's it, like I said, good for the competitive balance. And it's at any time. There's certain things in sports that when they happen and when certain teams are good, it's a lot more fun. The Cowboys, the 49ers, the Raiders, the Packers, the Giants, just some of the heritage teams, when they're really good, it's it's better for and when you've got, you know, good old school football against the Packers, the Bears, like there's gonna be a game later this season at Soldier Field in the cold, and it's gonna matter. And it's gonna matter a lot more than it has in the last couple of years, and there's gonna be some like I said, ju- I keep using the word juice, but I think that's the best way to to kind of to kind of put it. So to kind of transition ourselves here a little bit, we actually have a uh, we have a voicemail, which also means we have a phone number. So Jeremy, if you want to look up the number so we can give it out to our listeners and they can call us they can leave messages for us they can text message us questions comments we'll go over them on the air on the shows talk about them live so we've got our first one and uh, jeremy i think you've got the audio here and this one might be a good one for cody if he can hear it hi my name is adam Adam smith Smith calling calling from from san mateo California. California. Uh, gold 
season ticket package holder as well. Wanted to chime in about former Wisconsin Badger linebacker Leon Jacobs. Uh, I was a big fan of Jacobs at University of Wisconsin. Thought that he would have been a really nice outside linebacker pickup here in the most recent draft. And I was just personally a little surprised that Gutekinds uh, didn't look at him in possibly the sixth or seventh round of this year's draft. Uh, can't argue with uh, some of the later round selections that he did. However, I thought Jacobs would have been a great healer uh, to help solidify the outside linebacker position. Uh, let me know your take and what you thought of him at the University of Wisconsin and uh, also how he ended up making the, I believe, Jacksonville Jaguars final roster, uh, albeit to an already strong defense. Okay, thank you. Actually, I'll jump in here and I'll field this real quick because uh, um, I think I think Vince Beagle, what happened with Vince Beagle, it has me feeling like, and, and maybe that's not the case here, but it has me feeling like we way overvalue Badgers. As Packer fans, as Wisconsinites, we way overvalue former Badgers. And so I, it's always a wait-and-see game. Awesome, he made the Jaguars roster. That's that's great um, because, I mean, that defense is fantastic. But it's kind of like this, like, I don't know, man, depth in the roster, depth, depth in the NFL is bad around the league. I mean, there, there, there's bad depth around the league. So is he – would he have helped the Green Bay Packers? Would he have been would – would it have been um, – Better to have him in Green Bay than some of the other choices that were made. I don't know because I think like guys like Jared Aberderis pops into my mind because that's recent. Vince Beagle, um, any Packer that's out there, like or any Badger that's out there, Packer fans tend to want him, and I think we just overvalue him a little bit. So wait and see. Maybe he's good. Maybe you know. Maybe you're right, and it would have been great to have him in Green Bay, but I I don't know. I, I'm starting to just kind of myself back off on Badgers altogether because I don't like being caught in that trap of believing, um, you know, that they're going to be great. I thought Aberdaris was going to be awesome. I thought Aberdaris was going to be great for the roster. Jason, where you at? Where, I, where you at? I, I got to be honest with you. I, uh, I am not familiar at all with Leon Jacobs. So the, the, the one thing I can say – is that I, I would agree. I, I see it across Wisconsin, both with Badgers, Packers, Brewers. There's a pa- there's a passion in the fan base for their their players. They get you know this affinity towards specific guys, and they want them to to do well. They have a hard time letting go. Anytime veterans get released, it's it's difficult, and you you get this extra dose of vitriol because they have a hard time letting guys go. John Kuhn, Jordy Nelson, Charles Woodson. Anytime a player, and I'm using Packers as an example because I'm not as up on the Brewers, but anytime you let a guy go and the, the fan base is endeared towards him, it's it's a thing. So I I, I don't really know much about Jacobs himself, but uh, I'm sure he's a fine young man. I just I, I would agree. I would agree. You, you, it, it's, and and it's, also too with with the Jacobs. Sorry to cut in there. Um, no, that's fine. He, Outside linebacker was obviously a big need, but they had so many needs this year. Wide receiver was a need. Cornerback was a need. Uh, they, they used their first two picks on cornerbacks. Then they used three picks on wide receivers. Uh, you got Oren Burks in the draft, too, who looked very good in right. preseason and in training camp. And of course, he's hurt now. He shouldn't be too long. He should be back pretty soon. 
and he's going to be a huge key without Jake Ryan as he's on IR. And Leon Jacobs obviously went seventh round, but it's tough to find a playmaker in the seventh round, and I hope Jacobs does well, but there were just a lot of needs on this Packers roster once you get by Aaron Rodgers. And outside linebacker is the biggest need right now, but before the draft, it wasn't the biggest need. It was corner wide receiver. I think the biggest difficulty is that we – we tend to look at this Packers roster and then see guys that we're familiar with and, and think like, oh, maybe he would have been better on the roster than so and so. The best, right? The best example is T.J. Watt and Kevin King. We don't know. We don't know that T.J. Watt would be better in Green Bay than, than Kevin King. And anybody who's like up in arms about that already, like, slow the hell down, okay? They, they, there's been one year in their career. We don't know. So. I think I think we just tend to we tend to overvalue guys that we know. We tend to overvalue guys that we that we've seen, that we've watched. You know, you watch the Badgers on Saturday, and then you assume they'd be well. They they play well with the Packers on Sunday, and then when it's when the guy's not a Packer, you just kind of second guess guys uh, guys that were picked, guys that were brought into Green Bay. I I I'm fine I'm fine with what they did this offseason, especially at the linebacker position. And yeah, it sucks. The, the outside linebacker depth sucks. But I don't know that there was any better options. Like the guys they brought in in the draft, Cody said, like they brought in some Oren Burks, uh, Burks Jerry Alexander. To be an outside backer, right, so I know. Fine. But the point he's trying to make is they drafted good players at yeah. the positions that they're in. So Jair, Josh Jackson. Right. So it's not like you know they they drafted some some schlups and missed out on this kid. Like they drafted well, they did well this offseason. You can only do so much, and the cornerback position was a mess because of the Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins debacle. So. You, you got to address what you have to address, and the class has to has to also speak to that. Was there a great crop of pass rushers that the Packers could have gotten after in this draft? I mean, I'm pretty trusting of what this regime is doing right now, especially with the some of them haven't worked out, but they're trying to make moves. They're trying to do some different things, so I can't really hate on it. I think they're I think they're moving in the right direction with with what they're trying to do. So yeah. it's all right. Let's move on. It's time to move on. Okay, we've talked. We've talked roster. We talked. Uh, we've talked about Cleo Mack. Let's move on. There's a football game, right? There's a football game. There's a football game, and there's some. There's some um, really nice bulletin board material that was bestowed upon us by Akeem Hicks, who says the Packers' offensive line can't block Khalil Mack after two whole practices, and after Hicks has never actually sacked a Packers quarterback in his entire career. I went back and looked because I'm not petty or anything like that at all. So, uh, Cody, you're the you're the Bears fan here. Do you do you think that the Packers offensive, the buttery Packers offensive line, is going to struggle on <laughs> Sunday night against uh, the the pass rush there? Uh, here's the thing. I think the Packers offensive line is very good, and especially in the tackle positions with Balaga and Bakhtiari. Now, the only problem is is when those guys aren't healthy. Then then you have problems. We look around the NFL. Who really has offensive line depth? Not really many teams. I mean, if you lose your left tackle or right tackle, a lot of teams are in trouble. Now, as far as Cleo Mack being a problem on Sunday, I think he's going to cause matchup issues, but I think they'll be ready for him. And and also McCarthy made a good point uh, the, uh, the other day when he said 35% of the first three weeks, you're not ready to scheme for those things. And yeah. so it's just like going into a normal regular season, getting Cleo Mack last Sunday. It, their scheme's going to change a little bit, but there's still a lot of things that the Bears would do without Cleo Mack that they wouldn't see coming anyway. So, 
And the Packers are going to have a leg up on the Bears as well because there's things that the Packers are going to be able to do that the Bears don't know. The Bears aren't ready for. Right. Uh, so Mac, obviously, a very good player, great player, one of the best defensive players in the league. And you're not going to see him in there all game long, too. Right. I, I don't expect him to play uh, maybe around 30 snaps. 30 I think he comes in. snaps, possibly. It, it, yeah. It might be a stretch. He's going to be there on, on passing downs, but he doesn't know the playbook. There's no way he knows the whole playbook. No. Yeah. And, and that could be a detrimental in, in blitz packages where you have an option and, and he may miss an assignment. He's an intelligent player, but he'll be out in our plays where it's just go rush the quarterback. Unless your name is unless your name is Khalil Mack, and then I don't think you need a playbook. So here's the thing, though: if you if you if you want to be if you want to be wise with your investment, it, you want to protect that investment. You don't put the guy in a position where you're overplaying him right away and he gets hurt. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't played. He's been not sitting around. Obviously, the guy's working out. But there's a big difference between football shape and and being in shape. There's a big no, that's difference. Absolutely correct. And, and Nagy did say that Mac looks in great shape. He's been working on his body, even though right. he wasn't at camp with the Raiders. But there's still a big difference. There's still a huge difference. Uh, there, there's difference in, in in practice speed to game speed. Yeah, big difference. So I I think I think you're right. He's he's going to come in at clutch moments when they need it. He's going to come in in moments when it's like, okay, we need to get, you know, it's 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 third and long. Let's get to to Rogers and shut this down. Uh, or at the end of the game when they need a sack, they're going to send Mac out there and he's going to get, you know, they're going to hope he gets it done. Uh, they're not they're not going to play him a ton. They're you know, maybe thirty snaps at most. I I, I don't think we see a ton of Mac. He's got to get he's got to get acclimated. He's got to learn the playbook and and he's got to get in football shape. He's so not there. In this sense, I think the Packers score a little bit here because yeah. you, know, you don't want to play against Khalil Mack. No. So no I mean, they're a little bit of a hall pass right. here. But, okay, so if, if, if we're sticking with the Packers on offense, obviously one of the big keys to the Packers offense succeeding is their wide receiver group or the pass catcher. So, uh, Cody, I'll kick it to you because no Jordy Nelson now, who wasn't what he's been the last couple seasons maybe, but he's for a long time been one of the, one of the top guys that's probably – you know, stung the Bears a little bit in the passing game. So how do you now see this receiving group that's led by Devontae Adams, which you've got a couple question marks and some younger guys going up against your Bears secondary? Yeah, I mean, the Bears do have a good secondary. Kyle Fuller, obviously, we talked about him at the start of this podcast, a guy that the Packers did want. They made an offer for the Bears match. And Prince of Mukamara, your second corner. Uh, so they're, they're out. Their corners are pretty decent when you look around the uh, NFL. And then at safety with uh, Adrian Amos and, Jackson, they have a decent secondary. As long as that pass rush is getting pressure on Rodgers, he's going to have to get that ball off quickly. Now, the thing here without Jordy Nelson, who did slow down major last year, I don't think it was a bad decision to move on from Jordy, but Rodgers doesn't have a huge rapport now with really any of these receivers. First time he's playing with Jimmy Graham. Uh, Jeremiah Allison really hasn't made a name for himself yet as a Packer receiver. Randall Cobb, of course, has the Longest tenure with Rodgers. Devontae Adams, great season last year. Uh, earned his paycheck he got in the offseason. But a lot of that was with Brett Hundley. So Rodgers, he can do what he can do. We all know that. He'll get the ball in the right places for those receivers, but they have to be the ones to eventually make the plays. And I think Adams proved how good he is as a receiver. And I tell you what, though, I think the most dangerous guy on that Packers catching unit is Jimmy Graham. Yeah. I, I, he's a guy that in Seattle the last three years has kind of been overshadowed in a sense by that offense that is a power run. They didn't showcase Graham as much in the past game as the Saints did four, five, six years ago. 
I think he's going to return to that old form. And even last year, he, I mean, he led the NFL in red zone, touch, red zone touchdowns. Yeah, and I think with the passer as accurate as Aaron Rodgers is and a target as big as Jimmy Graham is, I don't see how they screw it up. I mean, I hope that they wouldn't, especially in the red zone. you got to get down there, though. I mean, what about – so, Cody, question. We know about the corners. What about the safety group in Chicago? What do we, what do we know about the Bears' safeties, and how are, how are they projecting this year? Well, Adrian, uh, Adrian Amos is really making a name for himself as one of the best safeties in the game right now. He, he can, he's good in blitz packages. He's a good tackler. Uh, he's good in coverage. He can play some band defense if he needs to, if uh, the Bears are going to run some corner blitzes. Eddie Jackson had a big year last year as a rookie, so we don't know too much about him, uh, but he's projected to be pretty good. But we all know about sophomore slumps. I mean, Kyle Fuller went through that as well, and uh, a lot of players in the NFL do that. So uh, that's a big question mark. I think, though, that is their weakest point of the defense is the secondary. That front seven is stacked. Well, let me, and let me they're ask going you. to need to be relied upon to get to the quarterback to force Rodgers to make quick throws. But we know Rodgers is the best in the league. At, he's at his best when the play breaks down and he gets out of the pocket. Guys can only cover receivers five or six seconds. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Who covers Jimmy Graham? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> you got to say probably you know, Trevathan has got to be the first option on him. You can't put a corner on Graham. You just can't. You, right. you can't put a corner on him. And, and you have to rely on, on uh, Amos and Jackson to help Trevathan a lot once Graham gets up to the secondary. Right. Right. Yeah, so that's on the offensive side of things with the Packers versus the Bears defense. So, you know, where are the Packers going to find their, their best matchups? I mean, I guess – Obviously, now you've got Mac defensively, he's going to create a huge problem. So the offensive line of Green Bay can be great, but you've got some really good push up front. So if you had to pick an area where, and I guess we should probably do the same, but I'll ask you first, Cody, I'll put you on the spot. You know, what, which area, which matchup are you most concerned about? As a Bears fan? Right. I would say Graham. I would say okay. uh Graham, for sure. I think the, the pack, like I said, the Bears' front seven uh, is very good against the run. And the Packers right now a little thin at running back. They don't have Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's suspended, obviously, for the first two weeks of the season. So you have Jamal Williams, who showed a lot of flash last year. And but McCarthy, he said he wants to do that running back by committee. So you're going to see some Ty Montgomery back there. And I, I just, I'm not sold on Montgomery. I don't know about you guys, but even when McCarthy said, that he was going to convert McGovern to a running back. I was like, I don't know what you're doing here. But I think Graham is the guy to exploit. I, I'm very high on him this year. I have in all my fantasy leagues because I, <laughs> I'm seeing big numbers from Graham. Yeah. I tried to get him in all my leagues, and it didn't work because it went too early. <laughs> yeah, everybody, higher, man. Every, everybody's thinking, you know, like he went in the third round of a couple leagues. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, guys. But everybody's thinking Jimmy Graham's going to have a big year, and I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to have a big resurgence here. He's, it's, it's not going to be – the Jimmy Graham of the Saints, but it is going to be better than the Jimmy Graham of the Seahawks. That's what I think. I think with Jordy gone, Adams is the number one, and then the the clear number two, the guy who's going to get the second most targets, is going to be Jimmy Graham. It's not going to be Randall Cobb. It's not going to. And like, I think, and I think to your point, Jeremy, it's, and that's one of the reasons why I think they felt comfortable going with the three rookie wide receivers because you really consider Graham another receiver, right. so. Technically, you've got four guys you can count on if you really want to throw Geronimo Allison in that mix, which I think with a quarterback like Rodgers, 
Allison can be a good wide receiver. Without Aaron Rodgers, I think Geronimo Allison is an undrafted free agent. But, but hey, you can't fault the Packers for benefiting from having an all-pro quarterback, and I don't think right. any other team that had that <laughs> advantage would complain about it either. So I'm with, Co- But I'm with Cody. And I don't buy it that Ty Montgomery is a running back. And I, when no. they say because when they number eighty eight, Jeremy, you no, can't yeah. be a running back, and we're number eighty eight. That's what it is. But when they say he's a running back, when they stick to their guns on that, I don't buy it. It's bullshit. He's going to play multiple positions. He's going to move around on the offense a lot. And that's another reason why you didn't you, you didn't have to worry too much about the young receivers because Ty Montgomery is going to play wide receiver. He's not going to play a ton of running back. They have two really good running backs. Ty Montgomery's going to move around. He's going to be put in the slot. He's going to play wide receiver. Because Aaron Jones is and coming Jason, back, and they, they have to do something with him. Right. Yeah, and Jason, you make the point, too, with the three rookie wide receivers, they're not going to play a whole lot. And you saw in preseason, in the one drive that Rodgers did play against Pittsburgh, in the seven plays they ran for him, mm-hmm. six of those plays were two tight end sets. Six of them had Mercedes Lewis and Graham right. on the field. And, and Multiple times you had Graham split out wide. You had Lewis split out wide, I believe, once. And Lewis is going to—he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL, but he can't pass catch right. when called upon. Well, so he's going to be kind well, of that extra tackle uh, to get a little chip, you know, right. for this Sunday at Floyd or or Mac, and then go out there and run a flat route or a crossing route, something like that, and give Rodgers another option. Well, let's talk about that for a minute with the two tight end sets, because. Uh, I think they're going to run a ton of two tight end sets. They don't have a fullback. So if you want to run I-formation, you need to put somebody in the backfield. It's going to be Mercedes Lewis, right? So they're going to run two. And they're not making Jimmy Graham play fullback. So it's going to be Mercedes Lewis is going to be on the field a lot because they're going to do a bunch with him where they're going to put him in tight and help him chip block or have him chip block, and they're going to move him into the backfield and, and have him play H-back. And they're, they're going to bring Jimmy Graham tight to the line, and they're going to you know run out of the eye, strong right, strong, strong left, whatever. And they're, they're going to run a ton of different formations with a small set of guys. Well, and you remember in 2010, that was a long time ago, things have changed and evolved since then. Remember how much they had Crabtree in the backfield as that H-back, as that yeah. extra blocker? I feel like we're kind of returning to some of those days where they're going to max protect, and when you get into the playoffs, the colder weather, you're going to need that – whole offense and that whole scheme well-oiled, and I think that's kind of what they're what they're going for there and why Mercedes Lewis was, was brought in. I think the real value that we'll see of him is going to come later this season when it starts getting into a more winter football and, and you get it gets a little chippier, I guess, is, is the word that I would use. Right. So, um, on that note, talking about tight ends, switching to the other side of the ball, the Packers have Trey Burton, and... Tight ends have been the bane of Packers' defense's existence for many, many years. But that was under Don Capers, and Capers is gone. But thank God, you still have some smaller personnel on the Packers' side. Uh, I don't know if Josh Jones is going to play in this game. He didn't practice. So I don't know if he's going to suit up and play. And he's supposed to be kind of one of those safety linebacker type guys. Right. You, you're not, you may not have Warren Burks. If you do, he's not going to be 100%, and he's a rookie. So it's a t- big it's a big concern because yeah. Josh Jones was going to play those Oren Burks snaps where you depend on Oren Burks to cover, and then you had uh, Morrison to come in and play, and play those rundowns, right? Right. But now if you don't have Josh Jones, what are you going to do? So, Cody, you're a Bears fan. Trey Burton, are you licking your chops, or are you not quite sure yet if the offense is going to be well-oiled and, and that whole thing is going to be working at full speed? You know, I, I have all the confidence in Trey Burton. Uh, he's not quite as strong as Travis Kelsey was over in Kansas City, but – Nagy is licking his chops once the Bears 
Scott Burton because he's going to use him a lot like Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, he's a versatile tight end that is way more like a wide receiver. He's a new age tight end, and we, we all know about it. Jimmy Graham is one of those guys. Right. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, guys that are going to line up outside that are going to run that seam route, and they're really a tough cover because they have the speed of a wide receiver, but they're much bigger, much stronger as well. Uh, it's, goes back to Trubisky, though. Uh, can he get his timing down to where uh, he knows his hot read, he knows when to look off a of safety, uh, he knows where Burton is, he knows where everybody is on the offense. But uh, Burton, he's a hell of a player. We saw him in the Super Bowl last year. He's the one that made that throw to Foles. So if they need him to throw it, too, he can do that, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, Burton, he's a talented guy, and he's young, too, so it's exciting. That's another thing, too, about this Bears offense. Is they're very, very young. Which I don't know if you guys play Madden, but that's the only players I add on my team. Oh young yeah, players. young players. Twenty-five and under. Oh yeah, if I'm building a <laughs> roster, I'm stacking up those those young guys. I, what's the sweet spot? Twenty-five and under, and then what's the minimum rating? Eighty plus. Minimum rating? Yeah. Uh, well, some, you know, I got you know, I'm pretty good at Madden. I'm not going to brag, but I got challenged myself a little bit. Usually, I bring that minimum ra- rating, that maximum rating, to about seventy-five. Try to make it more challenging for me oh, yeah. so you know I don't go 16 and 0 every year. And develop some guys. You got wow. some guys to work on. Cody, do you want to throw your online ID out there in case anybody wants to step up and challenge you? <laughs> yes. Uh, this goes with my love for Will Ferrell movies and my love for professional wrestling. I am the Magic Man 316. Nice. It's that's on PlayStation beautiful. 4. On PlayStation 4. There you have so it. So you, if you're on, get on there, find Cody, play him. Try to spoil that perfect record. Yeah. All right. So keeping with the Bears offense, we talked earlier about Jordan Howard and his contract, and then they've got Tariq Cohen. You know, Cody, obviously the front of the Packers is a little bit more stout now. you got Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Muhammad Wilkerson. How do the Bears continue, or how do they find success running the ball with that middle flock? Yeah, Cohen looked a lot like Tyreek Hill from Kansas City. I keep making that comparison because it's easy to make because that's kind of the offense that Nagy wants to build. Uh, Cohen is your Tyreek Hill. He's, I, I don't want to say he's as good as Hill. We all know how good Hill was for uh, Kansas City last season and how good we're expecting to be this season. Cohen, we saw a lot from him last year, but not as much as we would have liked to with John Fox running the help in this conservative offense. So expect to see Cohen everywhere on the field it, in every down. At first down, second down, third down, see him split out wide, see him in the slot, see him in the backfield, see him in the backfield with Howard sometimes in two running back sets. Uh, he's going to be all over the field. But the Packers, you mentioned those guys on defensive end, uh, they're, they're, they got a lot of depth. They may be one of the deepest teams in the NFL on the defensive line. Uh, you talk about Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. Both of them were great last season. Muhammad Wilkerson, guys, they signed for a really cheap deal. What did he get? Uh, was it two or three billion for a one-year co- contract? He had a best season under Mike Patton when he was in New York. I, he had double-digit sack seasons. If Wilkerson can give them just half that, that defensive line is going to be dominant. And off the bench, you still got Dean Lowry and Montrevious Adams, who they drafted last season, right. uh, didn't play. Uh, he's got a lot of potential, and they. Look at him with a high ceiling. Those are five guys that you should be able to count on this season uh, to kill the trenches and allow those outside backers, Perry and Clay Matthews, to get shots at the quarterback. Right, and I think that's the the, the Wilkerson move, the, the interior of that line being as deep as it, as it is, I think a lot of pressure is going to come from that group. And that's not really typical of a 3-4, but Mike Patton doesn't run a 3-4. Mike Pettin runs whatever the hell he needs to run in the moment that he's running it. Mike Pettin runs a multiple defense. 
He's going to move yeah, guys Jeremy, around. You said at the start of the podcast how well the Bears did in the offseason. Don't over, don't underestimate oh, yeah. how well the Packers did in the offseason with the Wilkerson signing and then Patton, of course, as the new defensive coordinator oh, yeah. and Philbin as the offensive coordinator. I mean, they made a lot of changes and, and, and all for the better, I believe. Yeah, totally. I think the Mike, I think the Mike Pettin move is the biggest move of the offseason. It's the best move they made. Um, Muhammad Wilkerson in a, on, a, on a cheap deal is fantastic. I think I really I, I believe that that he's still got juice in him. I think he's got gas in the tank, and I think that uh, he I think he just didn't want to play in New York anymore. And so, well, those players that have something to prove, they're always dangerous. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know I think Jimmy Graham feels like he's got something to prove, and Wilkerson's got something to prove. They got guys on both sides of the ball that that have been high talented, highly successful guys in the league that feel like they have to prove something. They're going to go out and kick everyone's ass. I mean, look, they're, they're going to have uh, plenty, plenty of teams to compete with this year, including the Bears. But I, I think the Packers have added some serious, some serious juice to both sides of the ball. But the best move this offseason is Mike Patton. That's it. What about Aaron Rodgers? You want to talk about somebody who's got something <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers coming back off the collarbone alone. He wants to come back and say, hey, listen, everyone's starting to talk about his age, which happens. When you get into your mid-30s, right. it's just life. In, the, in professional sports, people start wondering, are your skills going to start to decline? And the reality is, Cody, you'll appreciate this. They're going to eventually, soon, or then later. And did you hear you know I, your name's Tom Brady, apparently. Did you hear, yeah, did you hear I struggled through saying that? I was like, soon, or then later. Like, I sounded like a robot there. Like, I had, I needed something to kind of it's push not. me along. <laughs> the, but, I mean, Rodgers will come out and have something to prove. That's why I'm like, hey, I don't know if Akeem Hicks is doing himself any favors by making that comment. It's not like in you know, oh, yeah. three days, Rodgers is going to turn into a, yeah, you know. And, and, you know, I understand that. Professional players are competitive, but you do not say things to get guys like Aaron Rodgers or guys Riled like Tom up. Brady. If you want to throw other leagues, LeBron James or uh, Aaron Judge, you don't say things to those type caliber players just to add, not that they need more motivation, but they will use that motivation. Right. And they'll burn you for it. Oh, yeah. They'll, they will make you look like a fool. And they'll love doing it. They will enjoy themselves making you look stupid. I don't. I don't understand his comments, honestly. Like, I don't know why you add any fuel to the fire. Like, the Bears are already, like, like I, I just don't, I don't see how you have the stones to make that comment. It's not like... And it puts a lot of pressure on you, too. Right. It, it's not like the Bears have proven to be this team that's, like, going to be able to step up and compete with the best teams in the league. And the Packers are one of the best teams in the league. So, um, the Bears, I, I downplay the Bears a lot, but... The Bears are good, but they're not that good. Just yet. Relax. Yet. Yet, we'll but see. it's not time. It's not time. Look, I think there's a good chance now that that Mac gets no sacks in this game, and not not because like the Packers play so well that he that he doesn't. He hasn't played at all. He hasn't practiced at all. Like it's such a stupid thing to say. Going He's in, Khalil Mac. He could have four sacks. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Do you remember Cody? I don't. Know, I don't know, like how back you remember like football and, and what era you grew up in, but. I was there, I was watching the Packers when the Herschel Walker trade happened and he went to the Vikings and he came in cold and he ran for like 867 yards <laughs> and two touchdowns and he lost <laughs> his shoe on a long touchdown run. Like, I have every belief the Packers love to be anomalies in weird trivia record books. Yes. We talked about this before. They, they love it. Khalil Mack comes out, has seven sacks in one game, and he only gets four the rest of the season. Right, he, he breaks, up with 11 and right. Makes, oh, it breaks oh. some kind of record at Green Bay on, uh, on Sunday night because the Packers, they, they love letting other teams break records against them. It's like, 
constant. Almost every year, there's some kind of NFL. So if there's any record that that could favor the Bears in this game, uh, it could happen because it's it's coming against the Packers. I mean, they spoiled Brett Favre's uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, what was it? The unveiling. Yes, of Thanksgiving of his, Day. The Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes. What a great. Yep. What a happy Thanksgiving for Cody. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, Bart oh, Starr was in attendance as well. It's probably the last game Brett Bart Starr gets to attend. Yeah, there. See, look at Cody getting that nice little subtle thing in there. I oh, like it. I like it. I'm he's, sorry to remind you guys of that. I mean, the, I mean, the Packers were to the playoffs that year. The Bears were sitting at home, so, so for those that makes you feel better. Yeah, so for those of you at home that don't know, Cody's a big WWE fan, and he's playing the role of the heel very well right he's, now. He's so, doing quite well. Okay, so so Cody, I'm going to have you challenge you a little bit to put your Packers hat on a little bit here because our next question is kind of a is kind of valid. This might be a quick and easy dis- discussion, but as far as special teams, Trevor Davis got kept. So the question is, who's going to return kicks and punts? And I don't know. We'll start. Well, Cody, we'll start with you. With with you. I think left. it's going to be Trevor Davis. Yeah. I think he'll, he'll be the main kick returner. I think you might see Jair Alexander at some point as possibly a punt returner. Uh, but if it, from my opinion, I don't want to see that because mm-hmm. if Alexander is posed to be one of your top corners, I want to see him playing corner and not returning kicks because he, 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 there's no need for that. Right. Uh, Davis is not going to get any reps uh, as a wide receiver at all this season. I think that's safe to say. Uh, I, th- so I think, I think I th- Davis, unless Jair shows you something that he can be an elite punt returner, which I don't think we've seen from him yet, I think Davis is your guy, unless you want to throw Montgomery back there. But in this game, when you really only have two backs, no. Uh, I mean, I know they, I know they, uh, they added, um, uh, they added Darius Jackson, but I don't know how much playing time he will get in the backfield. Uh, you got to be careful of who you throw back there. I think Davis is going to be the guy we're going to see Sunday night. I, I, I don't think I think they're going to keep Davis around until Aaron Jones is back. He's only on the roster as a placeholder. I think he's the placeholder, and I think he returns kicks right now. Because you can't risk Ty Montgomery returning kicks, you only have two backs. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, don't do underestimate, it. though, the uh, the point of what Davis does on special teams defense as a, I, as a gunner. I think that's something they really value. I just, and, and I, I have, I have some, I have some genuine Trevor Davis hate. So I guess I okay. He's the, he's not the, he's not the placeholder. Uh, what, what was the running back's name that they brought in? The, the Darius from, Jackson. Darius Jackson. He's the placeholder. And he's gone when Aaron Jones is back. Right. But I, oh, but, but I think that I think that even if they keep Trevor Davis, probably by midseason, they're not activating him on game day because there are other guys that are ready to play receiver and they can use Ty Montgomery as God, a kick returner. Please be true. I that's my hope is that they don't need him once that once the running back group is healthy and Aaron Jones is back, they don't need to uh, save Ty Montgomery because Montgomery needs a role. He doesn't have an official role, and I think kick and punt returner can be that role. It, I, I just think that's the answer, and I, I think he'd be better at it than, Tre- than Trevor Davis if he if he just got more reps. I think he needs more reps at it. Yeah, so that was a quick discussion there. Okay, so on special teams, Trevor Davis until further notice, which hopefully further notice comes sooner than later. All right, so we're going to play a little game of over-under, and I've got five different topics here, so I'll throw out the category. Cody, you go first. And then Jeremy, you get uh, you get you get next. All right. All right. First one is number of, and this is in this game this week against the Bears on Sunday night. So first one, number of Jimmy Graham touchdown catches, two. Cody. You have two. Yep. I'll take the under. I'll Jeremy. say he gets one. Jeremy. Mm. I I I think, I think it's a push. I, I think he gets two. I think he gets exactly two. 
the only time I've seen a tight end do. Jermichael Finley had three in one game against the Bears back in 2011, but mm-hmm. two is two is probably. I should have said one and a half. Probably I should have probably said one and a half. Two is a push. Then then I you know what I think I think it's I think he'll get two because. Well, he's Jimmy Graham. That's what he does. He scores touchdowns, and it's going to Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking for him anytime he gets in the end zone, red right. zone. He's going to want to throw to Jimmy Graham. He wants to play with his new toy. You know, he's going to throw him the football in the red zone. It's going All to right. happen. Bears have a new pass rush. They've got a stout defense. Number of times the Bears sack Aaron Rodgers on the night three. Cody, I'll say under again. I think they get to it two times. Rodgers is just so great at getting out of trouble and extending plays and finding an open receiver. And that offensive line, like I mentioned, I think is really, really good. It just if someone gets hurt, though, that's when they're in trouble. Big change. I think it's under unless somebody gets hurt. It's under. Uh, if Bakhtiar or Belaga go down, oh, and dude. Briggs is in there. It's bad. Bell, they're in trouble. <laughs> it's bad. It's like a six sack night. It's a bad thing. That would be very bad. Yeah, that over under goes way up. Way up. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I guess. So I threw in my next category was we so you both took the under and it and it was set at three and I want so my next category was how many of those sacks go to Khalil Mack and I had that number set at two. Cody, I'll say the under. I don't I don't see him getting more than one sack and that would be a I don't see him getting any sacks really in this game. It's going to be under. It's going to be one sack and it's going to come early. And Packer fans are going to lose their <laughs> minds, and they're going to think, "Oh, right, here it comes!" Right, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be hell on Twitter because in the first drive, Khalil Mack's going to get a sack, and Packer fans are going to lose it. Cody has a fantastic awesome. handle on Packers Twitter. That's awesome. <laughs> Can I tell you how much I hate all sports Twitter? Just it's, stop it. It's, it's not terrible. Enough. Do not share every single thought you have as the game goes by. <laughs> Oh, because it's all the same. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's you know, Packers could be fifteen and zero, and in week seventeen, one sack happens, and Twitter just goes nuts. Oh, this offensive line is so terrible. They did such a well, bad job. Defeated, losing the playoffs. Oh yeah, they're so, not going anywhere in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna the o- means nothing. Yeah. We're going to be the O seven Patriots. All right, so uh, next one. Here's a good one. New rules in the NFL this year. How many combined penalties do we see on the night? I have the number set at twelve. I tell you what, I'm a huge betting man, and for this first week, I'm taking the over in every single game because I think penalties are going to play a huge part. A lot of 15 yarders, uh, but you said 12. 12. That's a high number. Combined. I'm say, combined. I'll, I'll say the under on that. I'll say 11. 12 combined penalties. Combined. It's Packers Bears. They had 20 in one game back in 2010. Remember that? I, I say I, I'm going to say under. Because I think in order to fix the way people are feeling about things, they're going to tell the refs to back off in week one. They're going to tell them to just come. They'll overcompensate? They'll overcompensate, exactly. We're going to see things that should have been called that aren't called. We're going oh, to, good. Save right. all the horribleness for week 17 when, right. or 16 when seedings and playoffs are on the line. Everybody's right. so up in arms about it. They're going to want to come out of the gate proving that everything is fine. They're going to tell the refs to just let them play. And it's not going to turn out well. It's still going to affect the game. All right. Well, we'll see. Hopefully it's not a slop fest. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like, but it's, it's Green Bay, Wisconsin. Anything could happen. Okay, last one. The Packers, well, Josh Jackson himself had a ton of picks. They were getting a lot of interceptions in practice off of Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. He's terrible. He's regressing. He's throwing interceptions in practice. So oh, yeah. how many Packers interceptions do we see on Sunday night? The number is two. Cody. 
Zero. Way under. Under. Aaron Rodgers, I have this theory that Aaron Rodgers is throwing interceptions on purpose in practice to boost the confidence of those defenders. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers at all time has the greatest touchdown to interception ratio. I've never seen anybody that takes care of the ball better than Rodgers. If he throws a pick, I I am legitimately surprised. I'm like, what the hell just happened? i got to play the lottery because this never happens because he doesn't throw picks. Right. No, generally not. Okay, so let's flip it around then. How many do the how many does the Packers defense score? Because they they've been they were they were picking everything off in practice and they had a good preseason. So let's set that let's set it at two for the Packers defense. Cody, what do you take? Uh, I'll say a push on this. Trubisky's gonna throw a lot of picks this year. There's no doubt in my mind because with a new offense, Nagy's gonna let him air it out. He's thrown a lot of picks in practice and and. and you may say, well, you just said Rodgers throws picks in practice. That's totally different. Rodgers knows what he's doing. He's 34 years old. Trubisky, second-year player. He's going to throw picks. Uh, he's a young quarterback that is going to struggle, and it's going to be a lot of uh, – he's going to take his lumps, just like Peyton Manning did, just like Rodgers did early in his career, just like Tom Brady did, all his quarterbacks. He's going to throw picks, and these new corners on the Packers, they're ball hawks. And yeah. uh, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, and, and if you watch college football, uh, Jeremy Jackson – Score 12 points himself against the Badgers last year. Mm-hmm. In yeah. I, I, I could see, I could see the Packers getting rid of, uh, getting two balls from Trubisky. I'm going to say over, and the only reason I'm saying over is that the Bears don't have this defense on tape yet, and even though the Packers don't have that offense on tape, I think in those scenarios the defense benefits most. And I think there's going to be some things that confuse Trubisky. I think there's going to be some things that happen that that um, the Packers dial up that creates some trouble there. And I think that he throws. I think he throws three. I think he's going to throw three picks. Wow. Uh, I think. That's a lot. Yeah. I, That'll I, get you beat. Yes, that will get you beat. Uh, you can see where my prediction is going to go. But look, that's not that's not necessarily saying that like Trubisky's not going to have a decent year. No, I think he, it's, I it's just, week one. It's week one. Nobody knows what the Packers' defense is going to look like. Nobody knows what the Bears' offense is going to look like, but the benefit there goes to the Packers. The benefit always goes to the defense in those scenarios. It takes a, l- a little bit more uh, uh, film to be able to scheme against what a defense is doing and predict what they're doing when, with what you're looking at on the field as an offense. So adjustments really matter, but if you don't really know what you're looking at, you don't make correct adjustments, you got a guy in your face, you chuck it back, you chuck it deep, and there's Ha Ha Clinton Dix or, or whatever. You know, there's a guy standing there. If, he's, to, if he decides to uh, show, play, to play football, right? yes. Okay, I have great. his jersey, so I need him to do well because I don't have the money to buy a new one. All right, so. Contract here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if. Here, so, nice transition, you know, point here. If the Bears are able to steal one Sunday night, that is a huge catapulting type of victory. And I, I don't think I'm, I'm being too hyperbolic here when I say if they do pull off the upset, they could parlay that into a season that none of us, including Bears fans, saw coming. So with that, we got to talk about what we think is going to happen on Sunday night for real. Cody, you're our guest, so we'll start with you. What is your prediction for the outcome of this game, week one? Uh, I think the Packers win. I, I think they win pretty handily. I think it's going to be, I'll say... 26-17 Packers. Okay. Jeremy, we'll go to you next. I think the Packers win two. I'm putting it at 31-17. All right. I got the Packers 34-17. I don't know where my numbers come from. Everybody okay, want, everybody's got nice, 17. 26 is a weird number, but that's Yeah, I always Packers. take a weird number because you know why? I, I don't take the traditional 27 or 24 or even the 31. 
I want to just get as close to that number as possible. You know what, though, to that point, before we, we sign off here, with all the two-coin attempts and the failed two-coin attempts, 26 is actually becoming a more normal number, I think. If you look, I'd like to do a kind of a look back and see yeah. how many weird number scores there have been because more teams are opting to go for two with the kick moving back and, the, and if it's windy or just because offenses and passing have taken over the league. I wonder how many, you know what I should have done? A crazy over-under. How about an impromptu over-under quick before we go? How many uh, interceptions for a touchdown are we going to see on two-point tries NFL wide this year, and I'll set the number wow. at I'll set the number at two. Cody, over under. Uh, I, I'll say over just because that number is so low. Even though I don't know if it will hit the over, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the over. I'll it's say just three. such a rare play. It's just such okay, a rare wait, wait, wait. Hold up. I, I was texting somebody. I missed the question. <laughs> Ask it again. That's uh, all right. No, how many pick sixes on a two point try? Because the defense gets those two points if they score. Mm are going to happen in the entire league this year. And I said over-under, and I put it at two. Cody took the over. Uh, I'll stay with two. I'm just going to say it's two. It's a push. It's a push. I'm sticking it's with such two. such a rare play, but it's it's now gotten exciting where it's like, wow, we can actually like score two points and like, we're crazy if you get a walk-off interception for a touchdown on a two-point try. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, I, I, you know, you, it's funny, though, with that whole, the, you know, kick going back. And we see all leagues progress in different ways, and uh, – playing the game differently when they get new analytics, new statistics, all you have to do is convert on two points on a two point conversion, 51% of the time and you score more points. So I don't see why teams wouldn't do it every single time. And, you know, unless obviously it's at the end of the game and all you need is extra point to win it or something like that, or right. extra point to tie it, you don't know, but I, as the start of the game, I think you're going to see a lot more as seasons continue to go by teams going for it for two. I would like to live in a world where that's the norm. Going get for rid of two. the extra point. Nobody watches extra point. That's when I, you put your beer down and you go right. to the bathroom. I think and then you, you come back out. Oh, they made it. Right. Oh, you're like, they it. You you're know, right because commercial will keep you on the couch. Yeah, they're going to go to the commercial afterwards anyways. They go to commercial every time. So it's a little extra pee time. Now I can pee and, and make a sandwich. Like, it's, and then it's, come back and I, I can watch Aaron Rodgers' new Isaac commercial. You know? So right. it, it, everybody wins. I, I think – I don't think they should do away with it for the for the point of like you said maybe at the end of the game all you need is an extra point to win. That would be a cool moment to see you kick an extra point. But outside of that, please everybody just go for two point conversions. Like it would make the game much more exciting and the chances of, of scoring them, I mean like you you laid it out that that it doesn't make sense that teams aren't doing it more. I'm ready to see more of it, and I think, I think we might. Is there any better player brand combo than Aaron Rodgers and Izod? And I say that because there was maybe there was some Twitter conversation about a player and a and a retailer today on Twitter that was very prevalent. And I don't I don't know I'm, I'm blanking. What who? Not not on the show. No. Nope. Nope. All right, Cody. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to wrap it up here. Really appreciate you being here. We would love to have you back on. Appreciate all your insights. Enjoy the game this Absolutely. this weekend. Uh, hopefully your shiny new toy doesn't quite come all the way out of the garage this week, although I'm good with it after that. So <laughs> thanks again, man. For sure. Hey, uh, Jeremy, Jason, guys, thanks a lot so much. Great talking to you. Looking yep. forward to talking some more Packers football to you guys this season. Sounds good. All right, so Cody Grant joining us there. You can catch him on the Chuck and Winkler show while he's a producer. He pops in and out. He pops in every once in a while. 
Great, great guests. Great stuff there from the Bears' perspective. Before we go, got to give some love to our sponsor, the Ticket King. And right now, for a limited time, you get 10% off your ticket order. If you use the code CHTV, that's CHTV at theticketking.com to get your tickets. I need that. I'm going to actually need that because I'm getting ready to buy my tickets to the San Francisco Monday night game. And I'm really, really excited about that. So that's going to be hopefully a good one. Packers and Niners, their only Monday night of the entire season, I believe, though. Uh, yeah, that is the only one. But I want to throw this out there. So Sunday, we are doing a live show at the Watershed. And that will actually be broadcasted at, the, uh, at CheeseheadTV.com. If, uh, if you want to listen to that, you can. We won't have a chat, though. So the way to connect with us will be through our Twitter account. If you are not following the Cheesehead TV Live Twitter account, it's at CHTV Live. Go follow Cheesehead TV Live on Twitter on Sunday. That's going to be the way to connect with us as we do the show. We're going to attempt to do a show from the Watershed Live. As you know, uh, there is uh, there are a few train wrecks that are better than ours, but we always have a great time doing it. So, again, Cheesehead, uh, Cheesehead TV, Jason and Jeremy signing off here. Again, Ticket King, 10% off. Code is CHTV. Go Pack Go. Hopefully when we come back next week, we're talking about a 1-0 Packers team against the Bears. Just remember the Bears still suck. Jason and Jeremy for Cheese on TV Live. Peace. The Bears still suck. Thank you for listening to Cheesehead TV Live. Check out CheeseheadTV.com for more great Packers content.